if you've been attending for a little while, you know, we've been slowly working our way through the book of Ephesians. This was Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, church in what we call modern-day Turkey. Um, and this is titled, you know, this, the whole series, Unraveling the Mystery. Paul is, like, giving, you know, so much in there. If, if you haven't been, you know, around for all the sessions, you know, we've got all the sermons online. You can go back, um, check that out. Um, we'll be hitting on just a little bit of the old stuff very soon. Uh, it's a reminder to me. It's a reminder to you. Um, you know, I've, I've been gone for the last two Sundays. You know, I've missed all of you. You know, I spent some time with my family back out east. You know, there's something about family, right? There's this familiarity, this, hey, we were in the same place. We've had the same history. You know, it's the same genetics. It, you know, that's a, it's a tie that, that binds us. And we're going to see a little bit of this in this, what I'm calling one new man, or you can call it one new human being. That doesn't quite roll off the tongue. So we'll be coming through Ephesians 11 through 18. I'll be reading from the uh, NIV version. Um, Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, this is the Jewish people, uh, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in the flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. There's a mouthful in there. That's how Paul writes. <laughs> With these, in the Greek, these run-on sentences. And so we're going to slowly unpack that. And where we started in verse 11 was with one word, therefore. And whenever you see therefore, what you have to do is like press that rewind button. And you start saying everything that has come before. You, you need that context before coming here. And so what came before? You know, eat Christ. And there were a series of these through the first two chapters. Um, that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Uh, we are chosen. We are forgiven. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We are made alive. Uh, we are saved by grace. 
We are raised with Christ and seated with him. And you know, we've, been, we've been unpacking this mystery slowly. There, there's a mouthful in there. And you know, for each of us, I think you could just take one or two of these and say, I'm still trying to work through that. You know, for some of us, we're still trying to work through God's forgiveness. Um, I hear things like, blessed with every spiritual blessing. I'm, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what does that mean, you know, for me. I, I feel his love. I feel his forgiveness. You know, Paul has laid out a lot for us. But based on all those things that he is, that Christ has called you and me to, in all of that context, then we can start getting into the new material I just read. And this is saying, you know, to the church in Turkey, this was a non-Jewish group of people. These are the Gentiles. You know, remember, before you were excluded, you, know, you didn't have a chance to play in this God. Um, and you know, the, the words there, not only were you separated from Christ, you were excluded from citizenship. You know, you're outside the country of Israel. You were foreigners to the, this covenant of promise. Because if you go back, you know, going back to Genesis, you know, God chose the Jewish people. He made them a country. He walked them into the promised land. You know, he did all those things. And you either, on the inside, right, you are... You were part of that nation. You were part of that people chosen by God, or you weren't. And so right into this church, you know, these were non-Jewish people. And it's like, you used to be on the outside, looking in, or like this little kid on the inside looking out. Um, you were excluded from that. And this is this important context for saying, you know, before we start talking about all these promises, you need to know where you came from. This idea of this covenant of promise, you know, going back to Abraham, when this rite of circumcision was given to him, where um, I knew John was, it's like, John, you had to give me circumcision the one Sunday you're not here. It's like, it's like really, you didn't want to preach that and you had to go to Montana? No. It's, you know, when God gave Abraham, he said, circumcision, you know, this is a mark that all your males will have. And it is a sign of this everlasting covenant with God. It was this reminder that they would never forget about that they were chosen by God. And it wasn't just a physical, you know, cutting away of the foreskin because Later, God said, what do I want from my people? A circumcision or a covenant with your heart. I want in your heart for you to be different. You know, not just in your flesh. But you know, the Gentiles were outside this. And really the strong words were, you're without hope. We're without God. And this ties into what, you know, John was talking about last Sunday. You know, we had this line about, 
you know, we are saved through the mercy and grace of God. But where did we start off as? Children of wrath. It's like, boy, that's, that's hard to swallow. Just like here, we're without hope if we don't have God. And then we come into this part that I think is so beautiful. When Paul says more than once, he talks about those who are far away and those who are near. And in the context, what he's talking about here, the people who were near were the Jewish people, right? They were the ones kind of on the inside, and it was the Gentiles who were far away from God. You know, they didn't know of his ways or his promises. Um, and we've seen that through some of the other scriptures we've been going through. If you remember back when, you know, John was preaching on worship and we talked about Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And this is, you know, the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. They hated each other. But Jesus took his disciples through Samaria. And when he stopped, he ended up talking. Jesus had this long conversation with the Samaritan woman. And you know, Jewish, Samaritan, male, female, unusual time of the day for even having this conversation. And they talk about so many things, including worship. And one of the things that Jesus says to her is, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. And it's another, it's kind of like a kind way of saying, yeah, you're worshiping God, but you got some things wrong, right? You're far off. You're, you're interested in what mountain do you worship? You've missed out on God. You are far from God. But Jesus came to her. So she may have been far from God as a Gentile. Jesus came to her and had this conversation. And this is, this is a very important aspect of when we talk about near and far. Because this is more than just about the Jews and the Gentiles. This is about you and me. Because... It is easy to become far from God. And for some of us, we never knew God growing up, right? You know, depending on what kind of family we had, we may have started off far from God. And if you look at the things in our past, it's like far from God. Um, and even now, you can say, if you knew the kind of week I've had, I'd say, I might be far from God. But just like the Samaritan woman, and just like this message that was really given to all of the Gentiles, you may be far from God, but God is near to you. And when you say this, going back earlier, when he talked about that the Holy Spirit was left as this deposit, or Naomi, you called it the voucher, right? That 
okay, while we're still here and Jesus is gone, you know, he left us his Holy Spirit. And that is part of this, God is near. Because he has left his spirit in us. So even when you feel far away, even when you feel distance, God has chosen to be near. And it's this by one spirit that this happens. There was also language in there about this dividing wall of hostility. Um, and let me just read that again. For you know, Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two one. Talking about the Jewish people and the Gentiles. And Jesus has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Um, what, what dividing wall of hostility? And, you know, if we go back to when God set up the Jewish people as a nation, uh, he chose them to the exclusion of everyone else. When he gave them the promised land, guess what? There were already people living there. And he said, go in there, kick them out. And, you know, not just from a national level, but it also was an ethnic level. Because there were commandments of, you know, don't intermarry with these people. Because if you intermarry with them, they're going to drag you away from God. Um, and, you know, we've got our own laws. We've got our own culture. If you mix your culture with theirs, it's going to take you away from God. And so it was kind of set up with this wall of hostility. Um, we see the same thing in how the temple was set up. And, you know, as we've gone through some of the other series, you know, because Jesus, you know, did a lot of things at the temple, if you remember, if you were part of when we stepped through the book of Mark, the temple was a, this focal point. And if, if you saw how the temple was set up, and there were, you know, these different regions of the temple, there was the regions where only the priests could be in. There were regions where only the Jewish men could be in. So the women were excluded. Then you had the place where any Jewish person would be included. At the very far outside, that's where you could have the Gentiles. And on the upper right there, and it's hard to read, you know, there, you know there's some little symbols there. This is actually part of a historic temple warning inscription. And it was saying something to the Gentiles saying, you know, don't cross this line. If you cross this line on the court, on, if you go into the place where the Jewish people should be, it's a penalty of death. I call that a wall of hostility, right? You, you cross this line... You know, your blood is on your own head. But it wasn't just between the Jews and the Gentiles. Because if you go to the inmost place where God dwelled, that holy of holies, you know, only the priests could enter it, right? And they could only enter that most holy place with God's presence one day of the year. And, you know, that's again... Uh, you know, kind of under penalty of 
You don't want to go there if you're not a priest. You don't want to go in there if it wasn't the right day. That there was these walls that were set up. And this was really to teach the Jewish people, hey, you know, God, God is not ordinary. He is holy. He is separate. When he picked the Jewish people, it's like, hey, you're not ordinary. I am separating you out because I want you to be holy like I'm holy. This was to teach them. But with Jesus, some things have changed. At the end of Mark, when Jesus died on the cross, there was that little line in there and that this veil in the temple that separated God's presence from where the priests could go was torn in two. You know, from the top down, saying, hey, you know, that came from God. It wasn't like, this had nothing to do with people. That that barrier between God and men changed when Jesus died. And in this verse, this part of this mystery that we're seeing unraveled, it's this barrier of hostility between the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people you know, has also been taken down. And in its place is this one new man, one new human being, one new body, you know, whatever phrasing of that you like. And Jesus' purpose was to create in him one people out of two peoples. And thus making peace. And we got to get the, the order of operations right. Kind of like talking like a, a math person would, right? Multiplication, division before, what's the addition and subtraction? Uh, whatever. Um, it, this wasn't like, let's all get along and have peace first. This starts with Christ. That in Christ, he did this And then, and only then, can there be peace. Um, And this peace really is not just, um, we're not fighting against each other, but this peace has this root of reconciliation with God. That because of what Jesus has done, you know, taking on our sins, something we could never do for ourselves, in making things right with God, you know, we can be right with each other. And this should have an impact on each of us. Because if I'm in Christ, and you're in Christ, and you're in Christ, you know, there's no way that there can be division amongst us. You know, God is not divided when we talk about God and Trinity, right? If we are all in Christ, there is no division. And this has got some profound implications for the church. And I didn't want to preach through 
the entire end of chapter 2, I left a couple verses off there because as we come into the end of chapter 2, this is going to say so much about what the church should look like. That it doesn't matter our nationality. If we're in Christ, right, we are part of one body. It does not matter our ethnicity. It does not matter our upbringing or what we have gone through. And say, yeah, do those things matter? It's like, yeah, absolutely that matters. Those things kind of define who we are. But in Christ, we are all one. This is good news. And the fact that in Christ we can proclaim peace. Peace, reconciliation with God. To those who are near, we can proclaim peace. To those who are far, we can proclaim peace. And remember, far isn't just, I want to go to somewhere on the other side of the world, right? That's important to preach peace far. But there's a lot of people around us our friends, our neighbors, the people on the street, our family, sometimes even ourselves. All of us can be far from God. And we've got this role of saying, I can proclaim peace in Christ into your life and you can preach that into my life because I need to hear that too. Sometimes we feel far from God. And it's okay to say that, right? Our feelings, we go from highs to lows. Um, But if you feel far from God, or you feel, it's like, I'm not sure I belong in this kingdom we talk about. Um, God is near. It doesn't matter what you're feeling. It doesn't change the fact that God is near. And it doesn't change the fact that all the things that we talked about in that therefore, you're forgiven. You've been raised with him. You've been saved by grace. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Whether you feel like that or not today, God is near. And he can make that happen. And, you know, coming into this next week, um, we're going to see, really do this deep dive on what does this mean for the church? All these things about this one new man and what Christ has done, it should make a difference in how we interact. It should make a difference in how we live out our lives with each other. And... I know we never give homework, but I would like you to take some time this week and say, you know, based on what we've read and and discussed today, think about, you know, what should this look like at the church? Where regardless of nationality, ethnicity, rich or poor, you know, homeless or with, a home, educated or uneducated, 
in Christ, he has made us one people. And, uh, oh, Father, I, I just ask that you make this so. Um, I can say those words, and that's not going to make it happen. Um, Lord, this is your kingdom. You have called us in. You have invited us. And I say, I, I just pray for everyone here, Lord, that your nearness would be real to us. Um, that when we feel foreign, that, that you would work in our heart and remind us of how near the kingdom of God is to us, uh, regardless of how we feel, and that your love and your grace and your mercy just surround us. Thank you.